This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. I'm convinced that in the last days where God said, I'll fill this house with glory and the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former, I'm convinced that God's going to do a lot of things in a lot of places that people don't even think that He can do. I'm convinced that He's going to do a lot of things for a lot of people that, that others in the church don't even think God wants to reach. Watch Him reach the Muslims. Watch Him get terrorists saved. You know, the people you want to go to hell. Watch and see what God does. Thank God the Holy Ghost falls. He still falls today when we hear the word. When we hear the word. Now, we've seen in the Old Testament that the Holy Ghost filled the temple. We've seen the Holy Ghost filled the tabernacle in the wilderness. We've seen the Holy Ghost come upon those that were anointed to minister. Ezekiel talks a lot about seeing the glory of God. And the glory of the Lord came upon him and, and said, say these words. In other words, he saw the glory of God in connection with the prophecies that he gave regarding Israel. A lot of them have to do with the future. A lot of them haven't, haven't yet come to pass. They have to do with the end. They have to do with, uh, with even uh, tribulation period stuff and so forth. He saw the glory of God in these things. We know that the Bible says that the glory of the Lord is in you. Colossians 1.27 says Christ in you is the hope of glory. It doesn't mean that you'll have glory someday. It says he's the glory of God in you now. Why? Because the Spirit of God is the glory of God. How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? You have the glory of God in you. What are you doing with it? What's he doing in there? Brother Hagin used to say, is he just hitchhiking a ride through life with you? If you invited somebody in your home and they came and you sat them down in the living room, it wouldn't be very uh, hospitable of you to ignore them for the rest of the time that they're there, would it be? Yet that's what a lot of people are doing with the Holy Ghost on the inside of them now. He's there. He's there for a reason. Well, why is he there? Most Christians don't even stop to find out. What's he there for? Paul said some things about the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul makes a very interesting comment by the Spirit of God. Remember the Holy Ghost inspired him to say these things. So really, since he's going to tell us about the Holy Ghost, it's the Holy Ghost telling us about himself. Now that doesn't happen much. Jesus said the Spirit of God won't speak about himself. But he'll testify of me. So the fact that the Holy Ghost is giving us information about himself, the Holy Spirit, means that this must be pretty important for us to know. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I'm reading from the King James. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So we can know right away that Paul is inspired by the Holy Ghost to tell us, or I like to say it this way to personalize it, here's what the Holy Ghost doesn't want you to be ignorant about. There's something the Holy Ghost doesn't want you to be ignorant of. Now, if these people weren't already ignorant of it, then the Holy Ghost wouldn't have to tell them this about not being ignorant. Which tells me that this is the natural inclination for Christians to be ignorant of. Something that that uh, a certain degree or an area of ignorance that is 
naturally pervasive in the body of Christ. And folks, it's certainly true today. Notice what it says. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Most people will look at that and say, oh, okay, God doesn't want us to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. That's really not what he's saying. Because notice the word gifts is in italics. If you're reading from the King James, you'll see that the word gifts is in italics. What that means is the translators added that to try to help us understand. The problem is they didn't understand. It's tough to help somebody understand when you don't know yourself. The word spiritual is literally in the Greek spirituals, plural. Now, that doesn't help us any, and you can understand why they're trying to put something else in there to help us, because that doesn't make sense to us. But the word spirituals literally means things pertaining to and of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is saying, now concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Ghost, I don't want you to be ignorant. Here's the Holy Ghost saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about me. I like another translation. Because it brings out the same meaning, but it kind of adds a little bit to it. And the, that translation says it this way. Now concerning the appointed activities of the Holy Ghost, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. I like that. There are things pertaining to and of the Holy Ghost, but they're appointed activities of the Holy Spirit. Now stop and let that sink in. Appointed activities. They're appointed activities. Now, folks, we know that the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We also know that God said of himself, I am God, I change not. Well, what about the Holy Ghost? Does he change? Jesus doesn't. God doesn't. What about the Holy Ghost? Does he change? Were these once appointed activities of the Holy Ghost, but now they're not anymore? Or maybe these were appointed activities of the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost just got so fed up working with people that he just said, yeah, forget it. I could almost accept that one. Working with people, that kind of hits home. No, if they're appointed activities, that means God appointed them and he doesn't change. That means if they ever were appointed activities, they have to be appointed activities until the end of this age. Until Jesus comes back for the church and we go to heaven, then the rules change. But until that point in time, the rules are the same. Therefore, these are the same appointed activities of the Holy Ghost today that they were for the church at Corinth. Now, what are these appointed activities of the Holy Ghost? He tells us about how he manifests himself. He gives us nine specific ways that he manifests himself. Three of these manifestations bring revelation. Three of these manifestations are manifestations of power. And three of these manifestations say something. He says there are nine things. And remember, this is the Holy Ghost. This isn't John, uh, um, what's his name, Paul. This isn't Paul telling us what he thinks. This is the Holy Ghost inspiring him to say, here's what I do. Here's my job in the church. To manifest myself in these nine different ways. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Working of miracles, special faith, and gifts of healings. Diverse Tongues, kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Nine different ways that the Holy Ghost says, here's what I'm appointed to do in the church. Now remember, this is the spirit of glory that raised Jesus from the dead. You've got churches that are praying, oh Lord, send your glory. And yet they say that the Holy Ghost doesn't move today. How are we going to see the glory of God if we ought to try to get it in some other way than the Holy Ghost says what he's appointed to do? 
Now, is that the only thing that we're going to see the holy, the, the glory of God manifested in? No. Because Paul talks about the glory of God or the Spirit of God or the measure of the Spirit of God that's upon the ministry gifts. He talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He speaks of the measure of the Spirit of God that's upon those offices, those ministry offices, to deliver what God has for the church in order to grow people up and mature them in the things of God. So you're going to see the glory of God in ministry gifts too. You know, it's, it's a funny thing because so often people don't even know what they have or why they have it. When I was in Bible school, there was a guy that was, uh, um, well, actually I was out of Bible school, but uh, still working with Brother Hagin. But there's a guy that came to Bible school and God used him in songs. He would give him spiritual songs. And it was so funny. Looking back at it, it was funny. Back then it was frustrating because he said, well, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and, and Colossians chapter 3, it says speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Everybody ought to do this. And I thought, well, yeah, it does say that. Okay, I guess he's right. I guess he's just more developed in, in, uh, in writing songs and developing songs. And he'd get songs at the spur of the moment. Brother Hagin would be preaching. He'd get a song, come up, and he'd sing the song and bless people. Man, it'd just get all over us. So I'd think, okay, well, I need to write songs. And I'd get in there, I'd pray, I'd, I'd do everything I could, and I'd write songs. You don't even have to tell me how this turned out, do you? <laughs> it was awful. And, and people would say, well, maybe you just got something extra from God. And then he said, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Everybody's supposed to do this. Well, folks, don't get me wrong. I, I get songs. I've probably gotten five or six in the last 30 years. He used to get five or six a week. That may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but not much. I see this happening all over through the body of Christ. I see people that God uses in gifts of mir- or working of miracles. And they think it works like that way for everybody because they don't make the distinction between something that God has given them that's different from what the average person has. And they even put people under condemnation saying, well, if you're, I don't understand why you're not having miracles. And I look at some of those people and I think, well, you idiot. The only reason you're having them is because it's something God's given to you. And so often people think that because they have something from God or because God uses them in one way, then that means they can do everything. I remember some years ago, there was an evangelist, great evangelist, wonderful evangelist, pretty lousy on his morals, but really good evangelist because of the gift that God gave him. Folks, don't think that because God uses you in an area of ministry, that means everything's right about their life. That's why Jesus said, judge the the tree by the fruit that it produces. Well, you can have fruit of your ministry, but you also have fruit of your character. Jesus developed his character longer than he developed his ministry. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. Join us Easter Sunday at Foothill Family Church. Come, be a part of our family, as Pastor Mike Webb will bring a message about the hope that Jesus can bring. Our vision is people growing in God and serving in his kingdom with a mission of showing God's love 
and a message of victory in Jesus Christ. Come join us this Easter as we serve God together. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. We'll have two services on Easter Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. That's why Jesus said, judge the the tree by the fruit that it produces. Well, you can have fruit of your ministry, but you also have fruit of your character. Jesus developed his character longer than he developed his ministry. So I'd see this evangelist. And he, he normally had a TV program. Normally he put on his TV program the, the evangelistic campaigns that had happened. Man, he had simple message of Jesus and people would just flock to get saved. Then he decided he wanted to teach. So he started putting on his TV program his teaching. You never heard a worse bunch of stuff in your life. I mean, it would make somebody that knows the word go crazy. Because you sit there and say, wait a minute, that can't be right because the Bible says this. Did you say something else? Says, That's not right because the Bible says this. Well, what would make somebody that doesn't have that gift think that they can do it? Because they don't recognize that they have a gift in another area. They think it's just God putting his stamp of approval on everything. The key is to recognize what God uses somebody in and see what those limits are. People start getting in trouble when they go outside of the limits of what God's given them. T.L. Osmond told me something one time, and T.L. has probably ministered to more people uh, face-to-face than anybody else that's ever lived. Reinhard Bonnke is, is pushing him now. I don't know if he's caught him or not. But T.L. told me one time, he said, the important thing, Mike, is to remember not to let your vision outgrow God's plan for your ministry. Well, I felt insulted. I thought he was telling me that whatever your vision is, God doesn't want you to do that much. But what he was saying is, find out what God's plan is and stick with that. Don't get outside of that. Don't get outside of that. Another thing that Brother Hagin said that, um, that caused me to understand some things about the Spirit of God. And I want you to understand some things because I want you to receive what God has for you. Folks, I'd rather you leave you I'd rather you leave this place understanding things about how God works than have you sh- shouting and jumping and hollering and running around the room. As you jump and shout and holler, you'll think, wow, wasn't that a great service? Pastor Mike really had us going today. But you leave understanding something about God and you'll focus on him when you leave the room instead of me. So let me tell you how it works. Brother Hagin said that there were two places when he was in his ministry and when he was traveling from church to church and, and doing crusades, he wasn't in, he did, everybody prophesied to him that he was supposed to buy a tent and he said he never did. It wasn't God's plan for him. He'd go and minister in the churches. Therefore, he had smaller meetings than some of the other guys did. But he said there were always two churches that he could go in and the prophet's ministry would operate just at the drop of a hat. He was called to be in a pro, uh, called a, as a prophet. He was anointed as a prophet, but it wouldn't work everywhere. He said, but there were two places that he could always go. One was Brother Wood's church which was his home church. Now, here's what I mean by that. Brother Hagin recognized that while he's out on the road, his family needs to be fed spiritually. And so he moved his ministry to the church that he knew his family would be best fed and ministered to. That was Brother Wood's church. 
So he said, because Brother Wood knew me, because the people knew me, because my family lived there and they knew what my ministry was, they were exposed to me, they believed in me. He said, I could go in at the drop of a hat, just out of the blue. And he said, the prophet's ministry would operate every time I was there. He said, there was only one other church that was that way. That was Brother and Sister Goodwin's church. He said, Brother Goodwin and his wife were of such spiritual understanding, they taught their people how to receive from the ministry that was coming in. And he said, because that, the people were, were prepared. And then what God, whatever God wanted me to do, it would work just automatically. Now think about what that means. That means there were a lot of places Brother Hagin was just as called to be a prophet, just as anointed to be a prophet, that it wouldn't work. So did God call him and anoint him to be a prophet to, to go to places that it wouldn't work? In other words, God appointed him that the Holy Ghost appointed that the Holy Ghost would work through him in certain ways, but it wouldn't always work that way because of the people and the attitude of the people, the resistance of the people. But you get in a place where the people are open. You get in a place where the people have been taught. You get in a place where the people are receptive to what God has for them to do. And God can do miraculous things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, how does that work for you, Pastor Mike? Well, folks, I've got a teaching gift. I appreciate when people say, you know, Pastor Mike, your teaching really blesses me. I'm glad of that. But to be real honest with you, I don't have anything to do with it. I hate to put it on these terms because it kind of cheapens it, but it's like telling me you like my shiny car when I didn't buy it. I don't have anything to do with it. It's something that God has given me. It's a gift that God's given me. I didn't always have it. I always thought the way that I thought, but that didn't mean that I always had a gift to teach. But there was a certain day that I had something all of a sudden that I didn't have the day before, and from that point on I was able to teach. I know exactly when it happened. Well, I can go anywhere and teach because that gift is on me. But I can't go everywhere and have people receive what I'm saying. Now I can go overseas, particularly Peru. One of the reasons we keep taking mission trips and have taken a lot of mission trips to Peru is because Jim Andrews has done the job in Peru to get his people ready. He's prepared the ground. And so I can go to Peru and have miracles there that I, don't, not, that I can't get here in the same measure. Now, don't get me wrong. We have miracles here. I just got a report from a lady in uh, uh, Wednesday, I guess it was. She was diagnosed with stage four uh, cancer cancer of the breast, and it had spread into her chest, spread into her lungs. She started taking chemotherapy around December, but we've been working with her all along the way, getting her to confess and believe God. She was doing this stuff in faith. She just got a CAT scan or CT scan. That's a CAT scan, isn't it? Whatever it is, CT scan. She got a CT scan this last week, and the doctor said there's no trace of it whatsoever. Now, the doctor thinks it was his chemotherapy. I have no doubt that the doctor thinks it was his chemotherapy treatments that did it, but he gives chemotherapy to a lot of other people, and it doesn't work. So it can't just be the chemotherapy. You look at the statistics, and chemotherapy works less often than it doesn't work as far as making things disappear. Isn't it a coincidence that the person that's believing God for healing gets results? Now, folks, whether you want to think so or not, that's miraculous. Something was there, and it disappeared. That's miraculous. 
But that's not the same kind or the same way that I can get miracles in another country. Things are different here. I don't mean to be negative about stuff. We just might as well face the facts. It works differently here than it works in other places. It works differently here than in places where people haven't heard. T.L. Osborne used to say this. He'd go back to the the Assembly of God denominational conventions. And they'd ask him. They'd they'd want him to give testimonies about all the great things that happened and try to stir up the people. And T.L. Osborne would stand up there and say, let me know where you're going. Because if I can get there first, I can get miracles. But if you beat me to a, to a country and you tell him God doesn't do that anymore, he said, I can't get miracles there. See, so much of the time here, you've got to fight through the teaching, the religious teaching that people have had in America that God doesn't do that anymore. But if you can break through, you can get the same miraculous results. But usually those miracles come not by a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Thank God those things work, at least through me. It doesn't work because of working of miracles. Through me, it works because you keep getting the word, pounding the word in again and again and again. You keep watering the seed, keep watering the seed, keep watering the seed, get people to act on it, and then they get miraculous results. It's not an overnight thing. Some people aren't willing to do that. They'd run, rather run after somebody that has gifts of, uh, of healings or working of miracles in their ministry. Well, okay, I don't have a problem with that. But there's no guarantee that's going to work for everybody. You can't find anybody that has working of miracles operating in their ministry that it works for everyone. I hope it works for you. If that's, if that's your choice, if that's the move that somebody makes, I hope it works for them. But if it doesn't, then what? Thank God for the word. Thank God for the word. Here's the problem. Paul said that the body of Christ is like a human body. He said some of the parts of the body are better to look at than others, prettier to look at than others. You look at somebody, the first thing you usually notice is their eyes. Oh, you have beautiful eyes. Not too many people look at your feet and say, wow, those feet are really pretty. (laughs) Well, if you're the part of the body of Christ that's a foot, you can sometimes feel left out. Well, I don't get the compliments that the eyes get. But the eyes aren't going to go very far if the feet don't work. The eyes are going to look at the same thing over and over and over again unless the feet move them to a different place. So everybody's got their part. Everybody's got a part to play. Our problem is we try to attach importance or benefit or worthiness on the parts that we think from our natural understanding are better. And that's not always the way it works. It all comes down to this, folks. It comes down to being able to see things and judge them spiritually. Some of the things that we see and judge to be of little spiritual value are the very key components that bring about the things that we really desire and want. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his word. Just like in Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on all them that heard the word. I said this before, but I feel impressed to say it again. There are going to be things, and I really believe this is what filling this house with glory in the last days is. Folks, I've got to tell you, I'm not going to get more of the Holy Ghost than I've got now. I'm not going to get more saved than, I'm, than I am saved now. Neither are you. So how is he going to fill you with more? 
How's he going to give you more of the Holy Ghost? you got all the God there is. You may not be walking in it, but we've got all there is. The Holy Ghost isn't twins. He's not going to send his twin brother now to fill us too. That's not the way it works. Well, then how is he going to fill this house with glory? How is there going to be greater glory in the latter days, the last day house of God, than there was in the early day house of God? How is that possible? I believe Acts 10 is the key. The Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word, and they of the circumcision were amazed because that upon the Gentiles the gift of the Holy Ghost was given. How do they know? Because they heard him speak with tongues and magnify God. I believe the key for the last day glory, the last day move of glory, is God doing things that we might not have thought he could do. You know what that means to me? That means I need to put myself in a position where nothing surprises me. That means I need to have such an expectancy of God that nothing surprises me. So let me tell you what's going to happen when God does miracles. Let me tell you what's going to happen when we hear reports of things that make our mouths fall open. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and act like, yeah, I knew that. And on the inside, I'm going to be going... But on the outside, yeah, that's just like God, isn't he? And that's the key. Expect everything. And folks, what I want you to understand, if I can leave you with anything this morning, it's this. You've got the miracle worker living in you. We think that miracles work like in slow motion. We've seen so much TV, we think miracles work like in slow motion. Where if God, like when Jesus uh, healed the guy with the withered hand in the, in the, uh, uh, the synagogue. Jesus says, stretch forth your hand. Everything must have stopped or slowed down in time. Where the, the guy's going. It's <laughs> not the way it works. You don't get to think things through and, and experience every second and all that kind of stuff. It happens. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. The Holy Ghost came Suddenly. Miracles happen suddenly. Be ready for suddenlies. Miracles are the characteristic of God. He doesn't do something different to perform a miracle. He is miracles. And the Holy Ghost is appointed to perform them. Are you open to Him performing them in you, around you, and for you? You've got a part to play. The Spirit of glory is spoken about many times in the Scripture, and it is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us so that we can be just like Jesus was in this world, similar to Him in character, in power, and in the love of God. Come join us at Foothill Family Church as we learn together how to manifest the glory of God. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Join us Easter Sunday at Foothill Family Church. Come be a part of our family as Pastor Mike Webb will bring a message about the hope that Jesus can bring. Our vision is people growing in God and serving in his kingdom. 
with a mission of showing God's love and a message of victory in Jesus Christ. Come join us this Easter as we serve God together. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. We'll have two services on Easter Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.